The Providence Journal presents Nick and Bob, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast, our weekly look at the college basketball scene here in Rhode Island. And we are now at February the 27th when we're taping. That means March is uh, right around the corner. Uh, This is Kevin McNamara at the Journal, uh, along with Bill Koch, who's freshly off the uh, Amtrak from uh, lovely the Bronx, New York. Bill, happy to see you back in one piece. Great to be here. It's always great to be in the Bronx. Usually you do most of your dirty work at the Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. I do. But uh, yearly trip to lovely Rose Hill and Rose Hill Gym, historic Rose Hill Gym. Yep. Uh, Quite a surprise last night. Uh, The Fordham Rams, last place Fordham Rams in the A-10, threw a major scare into the Rhodey Rams. Rhodey down the stretch to Jacob Toppin free throws with just seconds left, 76-75. Whew. That's all I can say. Uh, big exhale for, for the Rhodey Rams, a game that they clearly needed to have, and they got it done. I give David Cox a lot of credit. He, he said there's no pictures, there's no style points this time of year. You just have to win and get on the bus, and uh, Rhodey was thrilled to do that last night. Yeah, they had it, they lost it, and they managed to get it back in the last six seconds of the game. You have a missed three-pointer by Antoine Walker. Jacob Toppin gets the offensive rebound, gets fouled, trying to go back up, and makes – two really pressure free throws uh, down one um, you know as he said after the game the, the biggest play of his college career to date by far uh, you know Rody gets one last defensive stop at the other end Josh Cologne misses a layup and you know they survive and and Kevin as, as we've talked about for a few weeks now on the podcast uh, you know there have been a few landmines on the URI schedule here down the stretch and this was the biggest landmine. Uh, you know, Fordham coming in, having lost eight in a row. Uh, they were 7-19, and 1-13 and 13 in the A-10. You cannot lose this game and have any realistic expectation of getting in a large bid to the NCAA tournament. That's how big the stakes were uh, last night at Rose Hill. Yeah, this would be a second difficult loss for Rody to kind of cover up. And, uh, Bill, you go into it a little further, uh, how close it was, Fordham took a, I wouldn't say ill-timed three-point shot. I didn't see the, the last two minutes, but uh, down one, let me see here. No, uh, ahead, 75-74, um, they miss a free throw, uh, and then Fats Russell, uh, with a minute and change left, then Fats Russell misses a shot, and then you with 47 seconds to go, you would think that Fordham would sit on the ball, and yet there was a three-point miss by Portly with like 26 seconds left. So there was some, some still time left on the shot clock there. Uh, Fordham was Fordham in the last minute. I, I think it's probably the, the brutal way to say it. Um, you know, Ertan Ghazi made a three-pointer to put them ahead, 75-74. There was a simultaneous foul committed on the play uh, by Fats Russell. He was whistled for a foul. Fordham was shooting one and one. They missed the front end. Mm. Rody got the so rebound. could have been a two. Uh, a five-point play? Could have been a five-point play. Wow. Fordham misses a free throw. Next possession, they come down. They miss a three. Joel Soriano gets an offensive rebound. A really good-looking freshman for Fordham. Had a double-double last night, 14 and 13. Gets the offensive rebound, and he travels. Travels with tw- in the 20 lane. seconds to go. Turns the ball over. An absolute killer at that point. 
Uh, Rhodey inbounds. They race it into the front court. Fats Russell calls timeout. Rhode Island sets up a play, and you figured that everyone was going to overplay Fats. Uh, he had the ball in his hands and uh, you know, hit Antoine Walker on the wing. Now, there was supposed to be more action on the play, but Walker was wide open and decided to shoot a three. Um, Probably not what was designed. Big surprise to yeah. just about everyone in the gym, including David Cox. Uh, but fortunately, you know, the discussion also in the huddle was when we take a shot, whoever it is, Toppin and Tyrese Martin in particular, were to go immediately to the glass. Crash hard. Those are the two most athletic guys Rody had on the floor at the time. Crash hard and see if you can get an offensive rebound. And Toppin did exactly that. It was a great moment for him being a Brooklyn guy. He had a lot of friends and family there who made the short trip over to the Bronx. Um, and he showed great confidence taking the free throws. When he made the first one, sort of rattled it around. The second one was pure. And, and I asked him after the game, I said, you know, what about the free throws? And he said, once I make the first one, I know the second one's going in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just very impressive composure from a freshman. Well, the first one's the pressure one. There's no two ways. Right. The second one, you know, if you miss, you're going to overtime or have a chance to go to overtime. Uh, it's your chance to be a star. And, and then with six seconds to go, um, Fordham rushes it in. And um, uh, Cologne, uh, Josh Cologne, uh, Gets a decent shot off. I mean, he's right at the rim, right? Yeah, he was close. And uh, close, contested. They, they ended up but, giving Toppin a block on the play, but uh, you know, it was a driving layup that uh, that didn't go down. No, it was uh, a major escape by Rody. A game that they led by twelve with about twelve minutes to go. Um, and then you saw, you know, Fordham make some threes and Rhode Island get back on their heels. And you saw Rhode Island in a real difficult spot with both of their seniors on the bench. Cyril Langevine did not play, uh, was not cleared to play. Um, you know, he's dealing with a bruised right shoulder, uh, which he suffered in the overtime loss at Davidson on Saturday. Uh, dove for a couple loose balls in that game and, and felt some collateral damage. And you saw Cyril today. Uh, it looks like he's doing a little better. He did practice. They had a light scout period today and some shooting. He says he's going to play on Sunday against St. Louis. Uh, the medical staff is also involved in that decision. Uh, you know, it's not just up to Cyril to go out there. He needs to be cleared. Um, you know, the other guy who they were missing down the stretch was Jeff Doughton, who's battling a right ankle injury. Uh, you know, Jeff played 29 minutes of that game and, you know, probably sat for the last 10. Um, you know, was off the floor and, and Rhode Island missed not only his leadership and, and his composure, obviously, but his perimeter defense. If, if you look at Fordham, Going 12 for 27 from three, they matched a season high in makes. Uh, you know, only the fifth time they've hit double digits. They shot themselves right back into the game. So that's saying something if uh, Jeff Doughton's not on the floor in the last couple minutes. Uh, did, did you notice that he was clearly slowed? He just wasn't able to run that hard? 30 minutes is 30 minutes, but in crunch time when Jeff Doughton's not on the floor, that's that's an issue. You could tell in the first half that, that he was sort of struggling with it a little bit and trying to play through it. Uh, I think it was one of those things where, you know, he just wanted to get out there to see if it would loosen up. Um, you know, and then with about, you know, 11, 12 minutes to go, Rhode Island gets out to a 59-47 lead, which was their largest of the game. Um, they're trying to buy time at that point with Fats playing the point and, and Tyrese Martin playing the two. And, you know, you're thinking down the stretch, eventually, you know, Rhode Island's going to take control of this game. It's Fordham. You know, they're going to find a way to finish it. Sure. Um, 
you know, and, and by that point, they tried to tape Jeff's ankle again and, and retape it again, and he couldn't necessarily get himself comfortable and, and get back in the game. Uh, you know, and I, I think it was one of those things where he probably sat too long and maybe get a little stiff. Um, you know, and he's sitting because Rhode Island seemed to have the game comfortably in hand. And, and I'm sure David Cox was thinking, you know, here's my senior. We're going to need him for the next three. We get St. Louis and Dayton coming up. It feels like we can get to the finish line here without him. And, and he's obviously ailing a little bit. Um, you know, so let's try to do something here that, that preserves him a little. And, and then things go sideways. And then things go sideways. And, yeah. it, it, you know, it's hard to reverse course at that point. But, you know, give Rody credit for, for showing some toughness and, you know, for playing all the way the full 40 minutes. This is a game that I would say they'd certainly lose last year. And the guy who deserves all the uh, kudos is Tyrese Martin, uh, stepped up without – Cyril, like you said, on the floor, and just in the first half alone, he had an impressive game, impressive double-double with 14 points, 13 at the half. Yeah, he goes on to finish 24 points, 16 rebounds. That's a career best in rebounds for him at 16. Um, uh, you know, what can you say about Tyrese? J- just an explosive sophomore season. He- he's been really, really good for multiple weeks in a row. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the A-10 all league teams. Uh, I, I think Tyrese Martin could be a candidate for most improved. I mean, really a significant jump, uh, not only from last year, but really from January. Yeah, there, there are things that he still needs to improve, obviously. His shooting could be better. His ball handling could be better. But he does some things on the floor that make you think he has a chance to be a pro at some point. He he makes things look so easy at times, whether it's you know, driving to the rim or on the glass. He he rebounds way above his size at six foot six. Um, you know, he's able to knock down some three pointers on occasion. Last night he's three for seven from deep. Uh, you know, he caught a two hand alley oop from Fats Russell in the second half with his head way above the rim and, and slammed it down with two hands. Uh, you know, he's got something uncommon, I, I think. And, and it's something projectable, you know, if he continues to refine his game. Big, big night for him. Uh, you know, had a career high in rebounds in the first half alone, had a double double by halftime, uh, set a new career high in scoring in the second half. Uh, the guy who stood up and really filled in at, at a spot where, you know, they really miss Cirilla and Javine inside. So now uh, big picture, uh I think the last time we had a podcast, we said, you know, that Rhode Island, uh, we can, I, I wouldn't say dismissed the Fordham and the Massachusetts games. We uh, did. I did. Uh, it just, I dismissed lar- Fordham anyway. Yeah, to a large degree. And again, since we last chatted, uh, they go to Davidson and lose in overtime and then barely avoid a uh, another overtime here uh, against Fordham. So now we're down to three games, St. Louis at home, Dayton at home at Massachusetts, and I think we have to reassess a little bit uh, and say, you know, do you have to win two of the last three? Uh, For sure. I mean, they definitely have to win two of the last three. Yes. Um, And maybe one of them can be Dayton. I mean, everyone's ruling that out. I don't rule that out at all. By the way, this is not a shot at Ram fans. Uh, I hear that there are some tickets available for the Dayton game. It's time to scoop them up. Okay, because that's clearly the game of the year uh, in Kingston. Uh, you're not going to be able to win the league, but you can 
secure an NCAA tournament berth with a victory. Isn't, that, right. isn't that safe to say? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so uh, first come out for the, the game Sunday, 2 o'clock, St. Louis. I can guarantee you that Rhode Island's going to be pushed to the very limit in that game. St. Louis is, is a veteran physical team. Uh, especially if Cyril Langevin, well, if he doesn't play, but even if he's limited, uh, that's it's a must win, and it's going to be a hard win, Bill. Yeah, two guys uh, who are a major problem on the glass. Hassan French is is just a beast. Uh, you know, one of the most physically imposing guys in the A10. Uh, he's St. Louis's version of Cyril. Right, um, you right. know, a top 100 rebounder at both ends of the floor, offense and defense. Uh, the other guy who can really hurt you there is Jordan Goodwin, uh, you know, junior guard who plays, you know, like Tyrese Martin, way above his size. He's only listed at 6'3", but he averages double-digit rebounds on the season. Um, you know, those two guys, you could argue, are two of the top 10, top 15, 15 players in sure. the league. Yep. Um, you know, you add on a, you know, a, a decent tough supporting cast you know typical Travis Ford team Javante Perkins can shoot it a little bit um, you know they've got some length coming off the bench as well uh, you know it, it's just a typical St. Louis team they're physical they're aggressive they're going to defend hard they make you earn every inch of the floor uh, you know and Rhodey's going to be up for it I, I St. Louis with you know I've seen them I'd say play pieces of three games and nothing Nothing's changed. Uh, I think they've underachieved a little bit uh, because they do have some talent, uh, and yet no, they're a team that no one wants to play. And Travis Ford will take his team to Brooklyn in a couple of weeks and tell his team, we can do what we did last year and win the Atlantic 10 tournament. And you know what? I wouldn't rule that out. No, I, I think they're in that second bracket. You, you look at Dayton, obviously, is, is a prohibitive favorite. Sure. Uh, if the season ends today, Rhode Island is in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. After that, you're looking at Richmond, St. Louis, St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. You're not thrilled about playing those any of those teams. teams. And, and Bill, some people have Richmond in the tournament as well. So yeah, they're but, right there but, on the bubble. But clearly desperate. You know, those those are not teams that you're thrilled about playing if you draw them in in Brooklyn. Davidson is another team mm-hmm. who's gotten better down the stretch here, and, and you're not really going to be thrilled about Duquesne just beat St. Bonaventure. So, you know, the top six or seven teams in that league all pose a pretty dangerous challenge on a neutral floor at Barclays Center. And will believe that they can win it. Yes. Uh, you know, O would be more than happy to take their shot against Dayton on Championship uh, Sunday. No question. Yeah. yeah. No question. So uh, that's it for the Rams. Again, huge game on Sunday at uh, the Ryan Center. Bill, I, I think I might attend that game. Very good. I think I should get my way down good. there. Good. You're always welcome. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot make the Dayton game. The Fab Friars are playing at 6.30. Ah. Uh, the turnaround for the 9 o'clock in Kingston, uh, the uh, Mac Copter is not available that night, so I don't think I'll be able to pull that off. But I'll be watching closely. Do they have uh, back-to-back TV? Is that what's going on there? Providence is six thirty, and you or I the nine. I think Providence is FS one that night. Fox. Okay. Uh, I wondered if that might be a, sure. a CBS Sportsnet. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. My guess is that could be a doubleheader, an A ten doubleheader night. But I'm I'm not sure. I don't have my uh, Providence notes, and I don't really care. It'll be on TV. I can tell you that. Let's see. The roadie game against Dayton is on CBS Sports Network at nine o'clock. Yep. Um, so today. Providence uh, came back from its uh, week off. They've, they've had a bye this week. They have not played since last Saturday when they beat Marquette 84-72. to mm. 
a couple days off, a little workout on uh, uh, Tuesday, off again Wednesday, and then back at it today, Thursday, practice again Friday, and then just a monster game, noontime Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center against Villanova. Uh, Right. it's, It's kind of the same deal as Rhode Island and Dayton. You know, Providence has three games left, two at home, Xavier and DePaul, uh, and then one road game against a team that, well, you go out and you beat Villanova, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. It, it, or or cert, a, a giant step toward uh, a bid for Providence if they can grab a, a road win against uh, a top uh, whatever whatever Villanova's ranked uh, 12th or so in the country. Um, and you know what, Bill, Bill I, I think they have an opportunity to win that game. Uh, Villanova has lost twice already at the Wells Fargo Center. You put that game on campus... I got Villanova winning 90% of the time. At the Fen, yeah. Maybe 95% of the time. Yeah. Um, But uh, at Wells Fargo, I got it right here, as a matter of fact. They lost to Creighton. They lost to Seton Hall. Uh, I thought there was one more. Oh, and they have, obviously, a huge win over Kansas at Wells Fargo. So they only play, you know, a half dozen games or so uh, downtown in the 76ers arena. And uh, if Providence comes out and plays uh, okay offensively, I think they have a chance to win that game, and obviously the stakes are huge. Yeah, and certainly what's changed from last week when we have the podcast is right now Providence would be in the NCAA field, in my mind, uh, in bracket matrix. Let's not get carried away there. I'm, I'm just saying according to Bracket Matrix, yeah. uh, which is a, a website that's you know pretty good, pretty reliable in terms of predicting, uh, You know, this is the first week where Providence has been included in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, They appear right now, just looking at this, they're 78 brackets currently submitted providence is on 60 of them which is the most that they've been uh, you know they'd probably be headed to dayton as an 11 seed and, and have a play-in game if if the season ended today but you know providence has put themselves in a position where they can control their own destiny uh you know you beat villanova in this game you clean up the two home games you have left against xavier and depaul you're going to madison oh. Square garden feeling really good about your chances i i think if they win their last three regular season games, they can lose their first game at Madison Square Garden. No question. And, and I agree. They'll be 12-6 and six in the Big East. That would that would be a crime. I don't care what happened in November. 12-6 and six is going to get it in. The, the question is, is if they lose to uh, Villanova, you know, there's no shame there. Uh, nope. It is what it is. Nope. Uh, you win your two uh, home games. You finish 11-7 and seven in the Big East, which is really impressive. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be enough not to have serious sweat on, on Selection Sunday, I, I think right. then they'd have to go to New York and, and get to the semifinals. I think you and I are, are in agreement on this. And, and, you know, I think the important thing to look at is the way that Providence has played themselves into this position, winning the last three, uh, beating Seton Hall, Georgetown, and Marquette. Uh, I think we can both agree that, that Georgetown is now on the wrong side of the bubble. They are done. And, and really has no way back. But to beat Seton Hall and, and then to beat Marquette in a game that I won watched uh you know before i headed out um you know to my own game to davidson yes uh probably one of the most complete performances providence has put together all season in in terms of balance on offense they had six guys in double figures they shot 40 percent from three-point range they were decent at the line and got there a lot uh 16 assists to 12 turnovers they took reasonable care of the ball Played pretty well defensively. Marquette shot 30% from three. I, I thought it was just a really good all-around performance by the Friars. No, I mean, it was their best offensive performance. I, I'll 
this isn't uh, red on round ball. If Providence shoots 50% from the field, 40% from the three, and 74% from the free throw line, they're not losing another game the rest of the season. Yeah. Now, maybe in the NCAA tournament, but they will win the, the next three, and they're going to win the Big East championship. Right. But guess what, folks? That's probably not going to happen. That, that they, they played, uh, no question, their best offensive Big East game of the season, uh, and they really did a great job with Marcus Howard, who uh, somehow got the 38 points. He had 19 in the last five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he hit it up at garbage time. Uh, but 38 is 38. He continues his big-time season. I don't think Ed Cooley wants to see Marcus Howard, even at Madison Square Garden. He's, it's, just, it's just, you know, you, no. don't, you don't want to take your chances on him going for 50. Right. Uh, Fred, he can ruin the night for you. Yeah. But, um, uh, again, Providence has not played since that Marquette game, and it's all about uh, Villanova and these last two uh, home games. I, and I think Xavier is in the tournament right now, but uh, – they could go backwards, and I think uh, Providence lost at Xavier. They don't want Xavier to sweep them. That would be uh, devastating. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I think Providence is going to finish ahead of Xavier in the standing, so they, uh, I think that they can pull even with Xavier in the eyes of the selection committee is what I'm trying to say uh, down the stretch. Xavier has uh, a few tough games left. They, uh, they go to Georgetown and Providence and play Butler at home, so... There's a chance that uh, Xavier could have a few more losses. What, what I would say, and I know Providence had availability on Thursday, and, and you were there. Um, do the Friars feel like the the buy came at a good time? Because I know Rhodey w- was hot when they had theirs. Uh, it stood to reason that you know physically they were going to get to rest their guys a little bit, and and then against Davidson, especially in the first half, offensively they were a little bit out of sync, and and I don't know if they necessarily have found that through the two games since then. Providence. You know, coming off three straight wins and, and arguably you know one of the best games they've played against Marquette. I, I wonder how they feel about having the week off. Yeah, they they seem to think that it came at a good time just to get you know rested, ready, and focused for the stretch drive, which, as you know, Bill is it, it, it's very stressful. You know, we forget that these guys are you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one years old. Uh, they you know in their minds they have to win every game to get into the NCAA tournament. So you can't have a bad performance. Uh, you know, they're coming off three wins in a row. Take a little break. And then just give it a give it all you can at Villanova. You know you're, you're, you'll be a decent underdog there. Uh, you don't have I wouldn't say you don't have a lot to lose this time of year. You, a loss is a loss. It, it hurts, but uh, you know you can just give it a, give it your best and see what happens. And then you know it's just killer from there on in. You have to beat Xavier. You have to beat DePaul. You might have to go to New York and win a game or two. It's 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 a lot to ask. So I, I think mentally more than physically, it's, it probably did come at a decent time. Yep. Um, uh, Villanova, uh, they're coming off an impressive win against St. John's. Uh, last night, they, they hit 11 threes. As simple as that. They won four in a row. Uh, they're a team that really lives and dies with the three-pointer once again. Uh, young team, no seniors. Uh, uh, Sadiq Bey has emerged as one of the stars of the Big East as only a sophomore. He, he could be done. As a matter of fact, he's, he's looked at it as a first-round pick now. He had 23. He, he's, the, he's the guy that bothers me, concerns me, if I'm Providence, more than Colin Gillespie, who's you know maybe an all-Big East guard. I think they can deal with Gillespie, but Bay Bay's a wild card who, uh, you know, you got to keep him in check. Well, what about this? They made 18 threes against Temple. Uh, and went, sorry, 17 threes against Temple. Yikes. In a win. 
followed that up by making 18 against DePaul. 35 games in a, 35 threes in a two game span. So you probably get an idea of what Providence is going to be focusing on uh, on the scouting report over the next couple of days. Probably guard the line a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. How about at Xavier? Uh, how many uh, on Feb 22? Let's see. Xavier, they were a little more tame. Seven for 29 from three. I think Providence would sign up for that. Seven for 29. Uh, and, and that was, you know grinding it out. I, I just think it'll be really interesting to see uh, it's senior day. They have no seniors, but it's their last home game. Hmm. Uh, and again, it's uh, downtown at the Wells Fargo Center. It is not uh, on campus. So uh, that's a noontime game on Saturday for the Friars. A uh, uh, little bit on Brown here, Bill. Big, big weekend for the Bears. Yes. Uh, the great Chris Hum came across with the um, breaking news, which is always difficult for me to figure out the Ivy League standings. If Brown sweeps this weekend, yep. Penn, uh, Princeton first on Friday, Penn on Saturday night, they, they would have clinched a spot in the Ivy tournament Okay, with one more weekend to go. Next weekend, they're on the road at Harvard and Dartmouth. So uh, Mike Martin's team has a chance to assure its first bid in the Ivy tournament before the last weekend. Well, and, and Chris is looking at the standings, obviously, and doing mm-hmm. his math, which, uh, you know, I mean, he works at Brown, Kevin. That's Mack, what they're supposed to do. Guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, Brown holds the fourth spot in the Ivy League. Uh, they are 6-4 and four in the league. Uh, Penn is directly behind them at 5-5. Five and five. Now, the, the differentiator there, and, and I'm sure Chris noted this in his calculations, is Brown won at Penn already this year. Uh, and if Brown were to beat Princeton and beat Penn, they would have a two-game lead on Penn. At, at worst. And a season sweep. With a sweep. Right. So they would have the tiebreaker. Uh, and maybe just as big of a game as uh, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Penn will be at Yale. Which... Brown needs Yale to get it done. Yale could do Brown a favor. There's no question. Very much this, so. You know, most importantly, though, this this is just such a great opportunity for Brown. And, and it's a place that, you know, we've sort of waited to see them in. You know, last year they got it all the way down to the last game of the year. Uh, and I believe they lost that game at Penn. Uh, that was a road game. They did. They did. They battled with Penn for a few years in a row. And interestingly, Brown has fared better against Penn on the road than at the Pizzatola Center for the last several years. Penn has come in here and put a lot of points uh, on the board. So, you know, the chips are down for the Quakers. That they, they have to play well and beat Brown on Saturday night. Uh, first of all, is is Friday. And, you know, Princeton... Uh, knocked Brown around more than any other Ivy League team. They went down there and yeah. and lost by 19 points. So it was interesting. I talked to Mike Martin, and he said, you know, we went on the road, and we played really well in our Friday night game at Penn, and you could tell we just didn't have it the next night against Princeton. Tired, whatever. Now it's reversed, so you get a clear, you know, healthy shot against Princeton. I, I wonder if they'd rather just play Penn again first because right. Brown has lost the last two weekends on Saturday uh, by pretty healthy margins. Yeah, by 19 uh, at Princeton and by 18 at Cornell, uh, you know, a Cornell team that struggles a little bit. So, you know, the trick in the Ivy League is the turnaround. It's if no other league does that. It's really hard to do. Usually it's, you know, Brown will be at home this weekend, but usually it's it's also you've been on the bus for, you know, overnight. Uh, so it's not easy to suck it up and win that second game. And, again, Brown has struggled with that the last two weekends. You know, the other trick, obviously, is to win your home games. Uh, Brown is 4-1 and one in the Ivy League at home. They've won four straight. Their only loss was to Yale 
no shame in that. A, a game where they were competitive ten most and, of the way. Ten and two overall at home. Which you know that's that's just such a huge advantage to play these big games at the end. Uh, you know, Princeton and Penn, two teams who you know traditionally have been in, entrenched in that top four. Sure. In the Ivy League, uh, you know, if you Brown though, you you really want to take care of these two. You don't want to leave it to next weekend where you have to go to Harvard and then to Dartmouth. Uh, you know, Harvard obviously a, a big challenge every time. Uh, you know, Dartmouth, a team that is toward the bottom of the standings, but you're going to feel that pressure sort of ratchet up if that game is to get into the top four and, and clinch yourself an Ivy League tournament bid. You'd rather avoid something like that. So, you know, this weekend, uh, a golden opportunity for Brown at the Pizzatola Center. I will be there on Saturday night. Uh, warming up for Rhodey in St. Louis on Sunday with a little brown pen. Great. Uh, you know, I'm anticipating a, a great atmosphere at the pits. And, you know, there's nothing better, Kevin. You and I talk about this all the time. There's nothing better than when we get to this point in the year and you get to watch games with real stakes. Yeah, and in the Ivy League, unlike really any other league, uh, every game is, is a playoff game. Uh, uh, you know, it used to be certain playoff because the only way you could get in the NCAA tournament was win the regular season. But now... Um, you know, people are like, well, it's it's kind of cheapened because the Ivy League is only the top four. Believe me, it's it's not cheapened. Uh, it just keeps more teams in it a bit longer, and I can guarantee you that uh, the Ivy League top four is going to come down to next weekend. And I'm not saying that Brown's not going to sew it up, but maybe Princeton can lose twice this weekend, right? And then all of a sudden, Princeton and Penn are fighting for the fourth spot. So, uh, really, really important week in the uh, in the Ivy League. And, uh, uh, Bill, you, you can take Brian a little bit here. Sure. Uh, Brian's going to finish up with two on the road here. Uh, they're at Fairleigh Dickinson tonight on Thursday as we tape this. Uh, you know, and then they're at Wagner on Saturday. Uh, Bryant, 14-15 and 15 overall, 6-10 and 10 in the NEC. Uh, could use a couple wins here. How about if they can finish above 500? That would be outstanding. Would be outstanding considering, yeah. you know, where they were a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year winning 10. This year they've already improved on that, both overall, uh, and now they have a chance to do so in the league. Uh, I think we we need to go back to their freshman class, which we've talked about for a lot of the year. Uh, Michael Green was the NEC Rookie of the Week this week. That's eight Rookie of the Week honors for Bryant's freshmen so far this year hmm. combined, uh, You know, which is just... It's staggering, really. Yeah, well, that's what you, that's what that's what you're looking forward looking for uh, as you're trying to build the program. Uh, you know, between Michael Green and Charles Pride and Hall Elishas, you know, some of the impact guys that they brought in, Benson Lynn, uh-huh. uh, you know, have just been terrific, and you know, really get too excited for the future in Smithfield. And you know, I think what we saw with Rhode Island at the end of last year when they won six in a row and they got into the Atlantic Ten semifinals, I think they really carried those expectations into this year, carried some of that momentum into this year. I think Bryant has an opportunity to do that now. If they're able to finish strong here, Fairleigh Dickinson's obviously a, a challenge, and, and Wagner will be as well, but you're able to finish over 500. You get in the NEC playoffs. Do you have a realistic chance you know, to win a game there? That'd be a great feather in your cap going into the next season. Well, I think looking forward, it's, it's really hard uh, to see who – uh, Bryant may be able to play. They'll go on the road in the uh, in the Northeast uh, Conference tournament next week, but um, you know it's it's an opportunity, and I think we've seen all season long that, that there's no giant horses in that league. It's it's no. pretty wide open. 
Uh, but but a road game's a road game. It'll be it'll be a difficult playoff game, but again, a great experience for for the younger players. No question about it, and and you know definitely something that I, I think that Jared Grasso is going to be taking a page out of David Cox's book. I I really do. I I think this was always you know a team that was sort of building towards something beyond this year. Um, you know, and I think it's a, a team that has shown you know great potential, has won some games. Uh, you know that maybe they shouldn't have. They've been competitive in some games uh, with some NCAA tournament teams. They played Rutgers to a two-point game early in the year. They gave Maryland a handful at home. Uh, you know, just after Christmas. Uh, you know, so this team has shown the ability and and really the, the the mentality. I think to be in some of these big games. And you know, they've lost a lot by single digits. A lot of that is a product of youth, mm. and, and you could see them. You know, potentially playing themselves into a position where they could win a lot more of those games next season. So uh, that's it, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, hope you enjoy all the really big, critical games in college basketball uh, for the next uh, several days.